Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our second episode of Sasquatch the Legend, the podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy, and today we have a very exciting episode for you guys. So I recently had the opportunity to meet up with a local tattoo artist in my area, Michael Montoya, and hear about his work he's doing with Bigfoot and helping those who've had encounters themselves. So Michael's starting up with this new idea of his to meet with people who have had Sasquatch encounters and to help them bring to light what they experienced, but to also help them with any trauma that the encounter may have caused, just by talking with them, supporting them, but also by using his artistic talents to bring that memory into an actual image for them. So today's episode is going to be focused on Michael and his work, as well as his experience with Claudia Ackley and her Sasquatch encounter, which many know as her being the woman who's suing California over Bigfoot. Um, But her story is a lot more than that, and it's definitely something very interesting, and I really enjoyed hearing Michael's perspective on it because I know her story's been told many times and she's given many interviews, but just hearing his personal experience with meeting her and working on these drawings with her and as well as her daughter who also was there for her Sasquatch encounter is definitely an interesting take on the story. So this should be a great episode today and make sure you stick around until the end for promo codes and more information on things that are mentioned. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, there's an example that I, I like to give. Uh, there's a very famous story here in America about uh, that took place in the 90s about a woman who spilled co- coffee on her lap at McDonald's. You're familiar with this, and she sued. She sued uh, McDonald's for you know millions of dollars because she spilled hot coffee on her lap and blah blah blah. Well, it became headline news. It was all across all the late night shows, all that good stuff. Everybody's talking about this. How American, you know, and spilled hot coffee. Was supposed to be cold coffee. But when you look deeper into that story, since there have been documentaries and things covering this story, and it was an older woman, an older woman, and apparently this McDonald's had been cited multiple times for having their coffee too hot, almost at a boiling point. And the reason they did that is because if they had the temperature a bit lower, it cost like dollars per hour or something. It was just, it was all, you know, uh, financial. Anyhow, they ignored all this stuff. They think it melted through the lid of her cup, spilled on her legs, and uh, she got burnt so bad they had to do skin grafts. They had to rebuild the hole inside of her legs. They showed pictures of, of it, and it was horrifying. Like, you would not believe the damage done to this person. And a lot of these stories are a lot like that. From the surface, when you give the bullet points to a lot of these Bigfoot encounters, they sound, they sound Looney Tunes. Like, you're like, how? No, this is, you know, when you hear just the broad strokes. But when you give these stories the breathing room that they really need, then suddenly there's this moment where you're like, oh, okay. You know, those, those details really uh, make a huge difference here. And once YouTube came to play, that, that really started happening. That started happening more right before we started recording. We were talking about uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, which is, you know, uh, uh, the, the most popular uh, Sasquatch podcast there is out there. It's one of the first ones. And uh, that, that's, that podcast in and of itself is very interesting for a lot of reasons. One is it doubles, triples down on what I had just said as far as giving people the breathing room that they deserve. 
uh, to tell their stories. Suddenly you're really listening to these stories long form and you're hearing all these new uh, uh, all these new things that kind of start to sync up that you didn't see before on these little National Geographic documentaries. You know, you're making these new discoveries about this just by listening to people's stories. And uh, not only that, the podcast host himself, Wes, you know, uh, where it really gives you, it gives you a front row seat to somebody from a distance, being able to see someone from a distance process what happened to, in his case, him and his brother. Because where his mind is now is completely different from where it was back then. And you kind of, there's always this process of, uh, you know, there's always, there always seems to be this process with people of acceptance of, of, you know, wanting to find out stuff. And then are then finally there's this kind of sense of like, who knows this whole thing is a mystery. Anyways, I'm, I'm going off hand here. YouTube. I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. It, it really opened up my 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 ears, my eyes, my mind to a lot of things. Sasquatch Chronicles opened up a lot of doors to a lot of other podcasts. There now there are a lot of really great podcasts that are doing work that are giving people uh, these kinds of opportunities, and then people like you know me get to benefit from it because I get to sit around and listen to these people talk for hours. And uh, I'm a tattoo artist, so every tattoo. I do, uh, you know, I, I have to design and that could take a long time and you're just sitting there under a, a light and you're just drawing, drawing, drawing. Um, I don't like to listen to music when I draw. I really enjoy listening to podcasts, listening to people talk. And there's something about when you're drawing, if you're, if there's any artists out there listening, sculptors, anything like that, I'm sure it's with golf, with running, all that. There's something when you're doing something and listening to somebody talk, you're hyper paying attention. It's like all these other senses open up. So when I'm drawing, it's it's no different. And so when I listen to these people, it's like I'm listening to these people. And a lot of times you get people who will call on multiple podcasts and uh, you hear stories, the same story over and over again. And that's always fun because you get to uh, <coughs> you get to hear new details uh, each time. Well, uh, one of these stories that I had always been fascinated I've always been fascinated by is a woman by the name of Claudia Ackley. Now Claudia uh, lives in Southern California, not in the San Bernardino Mountains, which are not far away from, not too far away from Los Angeles at all. Uh, Big Bear, uh, uh, Crestline, Lake Arrowhead, that whole area. <clears throat> so. She was hiking on a trail. She had just moved out there. She was recently divorced. She was hiking out on a trail with two of her daughters and came across, uh, came across a creature that was uh, in a tree. Now, uh, this news made uh, headlines. This news made headlines and she became uh, famous for being, quote, the woman who is suing the state of California uh, over the recognition of Bigfoot, in quote. Uh, she's like the woman, the, you know, the kooky woman that's suing California. And it was on all these different clickbait, you know, news sites. And if you're, you know, a uh, part of the Bigfoot community, that was the big talk of that time. And, 
you had all these people that that rallied against her you had all these people that rallied for her surprisingly even people within the bigfoot community there was a lot of people within the bigfoot community that were that were uh you know that were probably split down the middle because she was very uh she's not quiet about her account she's not quiet about what happened she's trying to make as much noise about it as she can and uh the reason being is when she was out in the woods uh when this woman was out in the woods she was with her two daughters her two daughters were walking in front of her she this was her daughter's first time hiking out in the area she was lecturing them about bears saying be careful this is what you do you do not run she had them take her car keys and said if anything happens you guys go back to the car you know just being very protective and all that they're like i said they were just newly uh, uh, relocated to the woods from the city. So, so as they were walking, the mother sees uh, her two daughters. The youngest one, I believe, at the time was uh, was eleven years old. Uh, her name is uh, Jenna, and she was in front of her uh, older sister, who I believe was I want to say thirteen or fourteen. I could be wrong, but she's a couple years older than Jenna. Uh, so they were in front of Claudia. They were walking in front of her, skipping, jumping around. They were having a great time. And then she said all of a sudden she saw her younger one just freeze. And she was just looking from left to right like something was running in front of her. And then right away Claudia thought, uh-oh, because her whole fear is bears. You know, look out for bears, look out for bears. So she's like, uh-oh. Then the older daughter walks up behind the younger daughter. She catches up to her and then she freezes and she's like looking ahead too. And so now Claudia, the mother, is. she says they see something. There is something right in front of them. So she takes off running. She runs in front of her two daughters. And uh, as she's running up, she uh, she explains, she says that that the daughter, her younger daughter, turned around and looked at her and she said she had never seen a look like this on her face in her entire life. She had never seen that look of horror in her daughter's face. So she knew something was very wrong. So she runs up, runs in front of them, and then right in front, not right in front of them, but it's a bit of a ways in front of them. It's like down a bit of a, of a hill in front of them, about 30 feet in a tree, is this giant hairy what claudia describes as neanderthal looking uh man she said it looked like it was uh male it was really big she said it had ears she could see ears. she could see its big eyes that were all black uh, almond shaped she said she could see its gut the way it was perched on the tree it was knees were bent it was on in the in a v of a tree and it was just looking right at them so she looked and right away she said that her mind was painted into this corner. The way she describes it is when you see an animal, you see a cat, right away your mind just thinks cat. When you see dog, your mind thinks dog. When you see this, it thinks this. But when you see this, your mind doesn't know what to do with this information. Like you don't know how to register it. And then all of a sudden you're just stunned. There's this weird like, uh, uh, uh. Like, I don't know what to do with this, you're, you know, and, and I, I've heard that a lot from people since. I've heard that, you know, people just get almost disoriented. So, 
she sees this thing she walks she starts walking up to it like towards it, kind of like in disbelief like wait a second and her star daughter starts saying mom 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 and she starts confirming with her daughters do you see this do you see shoulders she's asking them do you see ears do you see its eyes do you see its shoulders and the daughters say yes 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 i want to go home i want to go home now i want to go home now and uh, at one point, the, uh, the creature in the tree was looking at her two daughters and she could see that it was eyeballing her two daughters. And she, uh, and she uh, made a whoop at it, whooping sound, to get its attention. And once she did that, it looked right at her and zeroed in on her. And Claudia at that point in time had put her hands up and she had bear spray in one hand, she had dangling keys in the other, and she said to it, I come in her. We mean you no harm, I believe she said. Every time she says that, she says that point, that part of the story, she always says, I feel foolish now in retrospect, but that I said this, but I did. I said, we mean you no harm. I didn't know what to say. If like something needed to be, you know, but she said, I, I mean, you no harm. We mean you no harm. And, you know, and uh, at one point, the creature started looking around as if it were looking where it wanted to jump as she put it she said that she felt that's exactly what it was doing is looking as if it were looking where where am i going to go where am i going to jump at which point they started backing up she told her daughters not to run and they started walking and uh she said that the this creature started to sway started swaying back and forth very fast as if it were anxious so she's turning around she's has her back towards it and she's walking to her daughters and she's telling her daughters just walk slowly and she asks her daughters uh when i so when she she asks her daughters uh is it is it behind is it is it following me is it following us is it following us and the daughters say no no which to me is horrifying and if you think about that situation of a mother with her back not knowing what's behind her there's a giant thing behind her and she's asking her kids is it following us is it following us because she doesn't want to look that always just captured my imagination anyways so they ended up they headed back to the car and they walked the whole time and you know the daughters for as far uh, from what i know i mean they went they went to the bathroom on themselves uh they were beside themselves like it was they were just very frightened and as soon as they hit the car i mean they were panicking they were panicking they were in the car Claudia, who works in the medical field, uh, who were at the time worked in the medical field, um, you know, was very assertive. And she, she, a bit of a sidetrack story on social media a few months back, I saw her post something about uh, there was like some kind of a really bad collision that took place in the mountains by where she lives. And she was right there and she got out and she was able to help the person and there was i saw a picture of it and it just looked horrendous this crash and my first thought was thank god it was claudia who was there thank god who was claudia because the more you know meet this woman the more you talk to her the more you realize this woman puts everybody and everything before herself it does not matter like she wants she had there's something hardwired in her to want to help people to want to do good you know i i don't know what it is but that's just how this woman seems to be programmed like so when i hear something like that like there was a head-on collision and she was there it's like oh man she will take charge she will this she will talk to the ambulance and if they're not there fast enough she will like get you know, where are they they need to be here she will have more of a sense of urgency than most people would you know so 
With that being said, you know, her daughters are panicking. She gets sort of takes control of the situation. She's like, tell me what you saw. And her younger daughter said, well, when they're walking up, the the little one ran in front of me. And the mom said, wait, what? And she goes, yeah, there was two of them that ran in front of me. So the mom said, hold on, you saw two? She goes, yeah, there was two that ran right in front of me. And they were about 10 feet in front of me. And they ran down the hill and right behind the tree. And when I looked up the tree, there was the big one. And uh, so the daughter actually saw three. She saw two in addition to what her mom saw. And the two that she saw were like very close in front of her. It ran right in front of her. And so uh, the mother was like, whoa, goes home, tells her boyfriend and took some convincing uh, of her boyfriend and Finally, uh, she uh, reported it to, uh, to the Department of Fish and Game. The Department of Fish and Game sent somebody down there. Oh, oh, that's right. She Okay, I'm missing a very key point here. While she was talking to her boyfriend, when they got home and they were, she was telling her boyfriend what had gone on, he was like, uh, I don't, you know, it could have been, it could have been, da, da, da. One of the daughters, I believe it was the older one, said, I recorded it. And everybody just stopped and froze. I'm like, what? And so they ran to their phone, like, what? And they got the phone to get up and all that stuff. Well, she, I don't know if it was a, a, an Instagram, like an Instagram story or if it was a Snapchat. But the quality, obviously, is, is not great. True to Bigfoot form. I don't know what that is. I wish there was an explanation. I've talked to people about that. I'll cover that, too. But uh, she has a video. And in this video, you clearly see there is something in the V of this tree, the shape matches up to what you know they, they they saw all this and the 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 uh the boyfriend who has spent a lot of time out in the woods and all that he looked he goes okay well that's not a bear but i think that was a person babe i think that was a person looking at you and all the girls they all of them were like no 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 trust me it was not a person uh and in the in the footage it looks like it's a dark brown almost like a bear brown but she all of them said it was more of an orangutan red color. In the video, it looks darker, but in real life, it was more of an orangutan orangey red color. <clears throat> and um, the hair, anyways. The skin was gray. And so the, the, the boyfriend said, it must be a guy. Let's go out there. They went out there. When they, when they went out there and he looked at the V of the tree and was able to compare the size, I mean, this thing is gigantic i mean whatever was in between that the the via the tree is absolutely gigantic um and so he saw right away okay that's not a person i don't know how a person would even get up there like me myself i'm i am a very very thin little doe of a man i could scale a tree and a wall in a heartbeat i have a four-year-old gun. we go to the playground and he's going on all the playground sets and all that. I could get on all those playgrounds and jump around with him because I'm this little skinny, I could do skinny parkour on anything. Man, I'm like a little gazelle. I couldn't even climb this thing. Like I couldn't even, I looked at that, I was like, there's no way, like there's no way. And I'm, and I'm like a little gazelle, you know? And so, uh, so he saw this, he's like, okay. And on top of that, there were footprints. There were tracks, and I believe one was like a 20-some inch track, and then the other ones were, I think, 13, 14, something like that, that were the, the ones that crossed in front of the daughters. 
So there were tracks, there was this, there was all these signs, and he was just like, whoa, and he was floored. And obviously the daughters are traumatized. They don't want to leave the house and nothing. So they call the department of fish and game, and that's when everything gets really interesting for Claudia because they send somebody down, and it was a, a, a woman, and she had somebody on the phone with her that said it was from another department, and she was kind of asking questions on their behalf. Claudia showed them the, the video, they took stills, they zoomed in, and the woman, uh, the, the fishing game officer, was looking at the phone and asking, are these the ears right here? Like she was saying, is, are, is this the head? Are these the ears? Is this would be the, it would be the eyes? This would be, oh yeah, this and this, oh yeah, yeah, I see, I see, I see. And she sent it, and they were just talking, and she was very, you know, I see, I see, yeah, I see, look, look at this, look at this. And then she gets a text, the Department of Fishing Game uh, officer, she looks at the text, she sighs and looks at Claudia and says, you saw a bear. And Claudia stops and says, oh, no, 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 trust me, trust me, this was not a bear, you know. And he goes, uh, well, you know, there are a lot of bears, there's sometimes, there's bears that are reported around here. She goes, no, 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 this, trust me, me and my daughters, this was not a bear. And uh, this was not even brown like this. It was more of an orangutan orange. And then the Department of Fish and Game person said to her, uh, well, you know, there, there, there was a zoo in the area, and a long time ago, an orangutan escaped. So it could have been an orangutan, like it could have been an orangutan. And at that point, Claudia stopped and, and said, what are you doing? And said, what are you doing? She said, woman to woman, like I was out there with my daughters. Like, what, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, I, I wish I could help, you know, if you have any more questions, if you, this, and suddenly everything changed. And Claudia, and she was trying to give Claudia this uh, bear pamphlet, Claudia was like, I don't need a bear pamphlet, you got a, a Sasquatch pamphlet, you have this, you know, and, and the woman's like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, and she, and Claudia's, again, she's not the kind of person that takes anything belly up, she'll leave this world fighting whatever fight she's fighting, you know. And, and um, uh, she was told her, you know, well, what, 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 I, what am I supposed to tell people that walk on that trail? What am I supposed to tell other parents that have kids that are going on that trail? What am I supposed to tell people? You know, they're gonna think I'm crazy and blah, blah, blah. And uh, me personally, my argument had always thought, when I first heard that, if somebody, if, if a fishing game person said, well, it could have been an orangutan that escaped from the zoo, you very well could have just said like, well, yeah, that's probably exactly what it was. What the hell are we going to do about this orangutan in the woods? You know, it's like, that's that's just going to be the be all. Like, you're just going to leave it at that? That's weird. Oh, it's an orangutan. All right. Now lunch. It's like, what's happening here? So anyways, she gets, you know, for good reason, Claudia's up in arms. She's like, this is not okay and all that stuff. Again. I this whole story I'm telling you which is secondhand this is her story I would encourage anybody out there to look up Claudia Ackley's interview she has a ton of interviews she's done a very good she's done a couple of very good ones with uh, on sitting down with Ed Brown on YouTube I believe she's even been on Sasquatch Chronicles she wasn't as detailed on Sasquatch Chronicles as she was on, on Ed Brown's podcast uh, but um, she, you, you could hear her and hear this story long form. I am, I am doing exactly what I said is, is a horrible thing, and I'm breezing through the broad strokes here. Please listen to her story in its entirety. Uh, so, reason I'm, I'm saying this is because these broad strokes already are like, okay, you're t this is what the fish and game person said. This is what blah blah blah. blah. 
Claudia recorded this. She had her daughter's phone on her, she had headphones on her, and she recorded the entire conversation with this fishing game person. She has all this stuff recorded. She has, you know, the whole incident that went down, she has that recorded. So at that point, she starts, you know, telling people around every time she's hiking, she's always on that trail. She starts telling people, this is what, who I am, this is what I saw, blah, blah, blah. She quickly starts developing a reputation. Uh, at one point in time, I don't know how long after, her car gets broken into. It's not related to Bigfoot, obviously. Her car gets broken into at home. A sheriff shows up to fill out a report, and I, she thinks she may have said something along the lines of, Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm the, I'm the Sasquatch you know, lady, blah, 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 blah. He didn't know who she was, so she started telling him the story. And she had told me that she was expecting him to be to give her like a, a, you know, a weird look, give her the side eye. But instead, his face was a little different. And he said, You know what? Right off the base of that trail, there is an old woman who keeps calling us because she says that there are these monkeys going through her garbage and looking through her window. And they keep sending our officers out there and they're getting very annoyed by this. And that's right off of the trail that you're saying. And Claudia's like, you're kidding. And he's like, no. And Claudia said, you know, if I were to, you know, she, she starts talking to them about, you know, all this and asking all these questions. And I think that's all Claudia really needed because at that point, um, at that point, I know she, she went back out to the trail. She put a sign out on that trail that said, if anybody has ever experienced anything bizarre on this trail, please give me a call. There will be no judgment. She didn't say anything about monsters, didn't say anything about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, nothing like that. Just anything weird, give me a call. There will be no judgment. She started getting calls. She got a call from an older gentleman that said, I cannot tell you why, but I walk up and down that trail uh, with a loaded weapon as much as I can to make sure people are okay. Claudia said, would you please tell me why? He said, I can't. And she said, well, thank you very much for calling. Uh, uh, there was another couple. Uh, uh, There's a married couple that live <clears throat> uh, right around that area. Now the houses around this area are like multi-million dollar homes like they're very it's a very they're very nice homes and uh so this these people calls they said that their their daughter was in town from college she was on that trail she thought there was a giant dark man following her that was you know but it wasn't it was all an all black but it wasn't it was a giant black thing that looked like a man that was ch that started chasing her and she went home and she flew back to school and she said she never wants to come back again. <clears throat> There's uh, another couple that have uh, that saw something cross the street that was crawling on all fours like uh, like like a spider, not not using its knees but using its toes, like its feet and its hand, like a spider really close to the ground, then getting up. You know, they're seeing different things. Uh, so. Suddenly, this whole community here are starting to see all these things, and uh, and so this is one story I was fascinated by. <clears throat> um, one of many stories I was fascinated by. So, like I said before, what are we time wise here? I don't want to. Um, we're about thirty. Okay, so uh, 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 like I said before, I'm a tattoo artist, and uh, I'm an amateur filmmaker. And there was a couple of film projects, a couple little small things I was working on. <clears throat> Nothing big, just small stuff with friends for fun, just to do. Uh, but nonetheless, they fell through, and it's always frustrating when you start projects and they don't go anywhere, and you're just like, uh, because sometimes it's just there's so many things that are beyond your control. And uh, so 
I was sitting down after, you know, something had fallen through and I said, you know what? One thing I've always wanted to do, and I've talked to my wife about and doing, you know, in the, in the past, I'd say, you know what I would love to do? I'd love to get in contact with some of these people I've listened to on these podcasts and say, hey, I would love to come to you, sit down and, uh, you know, listen to ask you a bunch of questions I would love to ask. Because when you listen to people talk, you know, on a podcast, you don't get to ask your own questions that you may have. So it's always fun to be able to ask them questions. And uh, if we're able to go to the location, I'd love to see the location. And I would love to help you draw this creature that you saw in the woods. I won't charge you anything. You can keep any drawings that whatever I draw, you could draw, you could use for whatever, you know, it's yours. I just want to learn. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. And Claudia, uh, the Claudia was very active on social media, very active on Facebook. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I shot her a message. I said, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I like to do. What do you say? She shot me back a message. She was very enthusiastic, said, this is awesome. Yes, let's, you know, set up a time to talk. <clears throat> the two of us talked on the phone. The first time we talked on the phone, we talked on the phone for hours. We were just talking about, you know, the subject, about her story, about all this. She was very excited about it. Um, one thing that she had mentioned, <clears throat> you know, even on the phone call, she had mentioned it, but even in the podcast is that, as enthusiastic and as outspoken as Claudia is about this whole thing, her daughter Jenna is not. Her two daughters, I should say, her two daughters are not. They do not look at this thing as something fascinating. They do not look at this thing as like, whoa, this thing just rattled them. <clears throat> so much so to where they, uh, oh, the older one moved back to the city with her, you know, with her dad. She doesn't want to go back anymore. And the younger one stays at home with her mom because, you know, for what she just what stays there, but she doesn't like to go outside. She's very scared still to this day. And so not only that, she doesn't like to talk about it. She's not somebody who's fascinated the daughter that lives with her, that which would be the, uh, the younger one, the 11-year-old uh, the Jenna. She was not somebody who's like, gung-ho that listens to podcasts for I mean quite the contrary I'm sure she's heard people bad badmouth her mom you know in the media all that I mean she's the kid whose parents I'm sorry whose friends parents don't let them spend the night at her house because her mom's the Bigfoot lady like it's not a fun thing you they they, they go through a lot you know she they there's so much that they they, they deal with but um, at the end of the day, Claudia has been painted into this really bizarre, weird corner because what the, at the end of it, she doesn't want to drop anything because she's like, what am I supposed to tell my kids? What am I supposed to show them that you just go belly up and just shut your mouth when you know something? Or do you, you know, what if there are more people like there are people who could get hurt on the trail? What if, what if, what if? So anyways... You knew her daughter didn't like really talking about it. I didn't realize to what extent until, you know, me and Claudia talked. She wouldn't even talk to Claudia that much about the way it, that it looked, like the way the creatures looked. She didn't really like discussing a lot of details. She discussed a little bit of details with one researcher. <clears throat> one, of, I believe, was the first researcher that went down after, they, uh, uh, after this whole incident. And she talked with him for a little bit and and but stopped i don't i think that they said that she just didn't feel she just didn't get a good vibe there and just just went quiet 
<clears throat> and yeah, didn't like talking about it since because it, it scared her. So reached out to Claudia. She said, this is cool. This is awesome. My wife, I hung up the phone. I was looking into booking my plane tickets and it wasn't until I was like getting ready to do that when my wife was like, you know, you should film this. And I was like, man, I'm not filming anything. I just had these projects fall through. The reason why I'm doing this is because I want to get away from filming stuff. I want to get away. I just want to do something that I would want to do just for me, you know? <clears throat> and also from another point of view a lot of these people have had these encounters this is a a if not the defining moment of their life like it rattles them it's the moment they see that the world is not what everybody else thinks it is and nobody believes them this is a moment that the drinking problems begin where the the friends start going away where all this start happening so it's a very sensitive thing for people so the last thing i was thinking about was taking cameras and doing something like that and putting a spotlight i just felt like it was i wanted to do something to learn and offer something to give these people a sense of dignity with their stories to be able to help them in telling their stories and not really create more of an uphill battle for them so at first i was a little you know i didn't know but claudia called me back it might have been i don't know if it was that same night or if it was the like the very next night she called me and she said you know have you ever heard of and she talked about another encounter and i was like yeah and it's a good one and she's like you know i think this person would really benefit would really like this would you mind if i passed on your number i was like please do and she said, you know, and I think I may know some other people and this could be really healing. Like this could be really healing and blah, blah. I was like, Claudia, I was like, man, what do you think about possibly videoing this experience and all this stuff? And she was very excited about that. She like, it's like I said, she wants to get this word out there. So I was like, all right, you know, let's see. And at that point, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. If I was going to do a crew, if I was going to do this, because again, how do you take a crew of people to somebody who is trying to, well, first off, she heard a, a, a person uh, talking on Sasquatch Chronicles about a lawsuit he was doing in Canada where he was doing something uh, similar. He was trying to sue uh, the Canadian government to recognize this species. So she heard that and she said, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I should do. I should do that and make noise and force them and blah, blah, blah. But she didn't do what she is doing. She's not suing to recognize them as, as a species, which I don't know if that, that that's what the other person is doing. It could be, I don't know. But what she's trying to do is, she's trying to make it to where if people report things like this, that the Department of Fish and Game have to still provide an adequate investigation whether or not they say it's a monster or this and this, if they're they at least dignify it with an adequate investigation, which they did not do. But once the media and the news coverage got a hold of it, the headlines changed to woman suing state of California to recognize Bigfoot because that's the waka waka line, you know, wonk wonk. So, but that's that's not what she's doing that's actually inaccurate what she is trying to do is sue the department of fishing game california's department of fishing game to do adequate investigations even if people say they saw something walking upright bipedal like a person that they should still provide which it, and she wants that 
She doesn't want any money. No money. There's no money involved. And she wants there to be some safe spaces set up for people who have had encounters and have experienced residual trauma like her, like herself, I believe, as strong as she is and as, as amazing as she deals with it. She seems to deal with a lot of residual stuff herself and her kids, obviously, and a lot of people I've talked to and listened to that, you know, that suffer from a lot of trauma for, because of this stuff. They want a place where they can just go and talk openly with each other about this kind of stuff and not be ridiculed and, you know, and keep it, you know, all this. She wants something like this kind of thing set up uh, and um, no money, no this. So she's not looking for money. That's that's what she wants. So, again, both in my eyes, admirable things. <clears throat> um so yeah, I, I I told her I said this is what I want to do. You know, I didn't know who I was gonna take with me, and you know, who the hell am I gonna get to go with me? And as camera people, light people, sound people, saying this is who we're gonna be talking to, and you need to treat this with the utmost respect. We need to this and this, or at the last minute, at the very last minute, they say I don't want to be on camera anymore. Well. I would be okay with saying, let's not do it because I understand and I'm more sensitive to this kind of stuff. And it's hard to ask a crew of people that are taking time out of their day and their lives that are traveling somewhere to say, hey, she decided not to talk about her Bigfoot stuff, guys. And, you know, it's a tough position to put people in. So I want them to be treated with dignity. I wanted the project to be, whatever I was doing to be treated with dignity. At this point, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was gonna videotape whatever we were gonna do. So me and her talked and we said, you know, before we get the cameras, before I start doing all this stuff, why don't I just make a trip down there? Next month, I make a trip down there. We get together, we won't, you know, I wasn't planning on doing any drawings, no video, no nothing like that. Maybe I'll video stuff with my phone, just for me, just for reference. And uh, we'll talk a bit and all that stuff. Cause, because also, to, pl to play devil's advocate a little bit, or to play skeptic a little bit, I, I am not immune to people's BS. You know, I, I could be bamboozled as much as the next person. <clears throat> and the only thing I know of of any of these people, I'm using Claudia as an example right now because it's what we you know we're, the 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 uh, incident, the case we're talking about. I had heard her story so many times that it felt like a song to me, like the bullet points of the story. Like I, I could almost tell it like a song. I could when I hear her, I know the way she's going to describe certain things and this and all this stuff. I I just knew her story inside and out. I mean. Every time she tells that story, it's a couple hours long. So I've spent a lot of time with her voice in my ears even before I had met her. And so when I, uh, so it was, it was unreal, it was bizarre hearing her talking when I was, when I got to talk back to her on the phone, I was really excited. I was like, yes, get to ask her questions. And, uh, and so, um, I said, let's get together. Oh, that's where I was going with it. But at the same time, I had never met this person. I had never had her right in front of me. I never got to, you know, any of the other signals, never got to read that, that that may set off my BS alarm. And uh, so I had had this kind of talk with myself to say, you know, if I go out there and it's just me by myself, I flew out there by myself, said uh, if I uh, go out there and if my BS 
alarm goes off at the end of the day and if there's all these inconsistencies and it just seems like this is just doesn't seem like it was it didn't have the magic it did in the in the podcasts then you know at the very least <clears throat> you're with a very cool person and you are out in nature you're not you're away from work you get to spend time in nature you have people that are showing you these cool off trail roads and showing you all these things showing you around and all that kind of stuff and you get to talk about Bigfoot the whole time. So no matter what, like this is a win. So like, all right, you know, I just have to look at it that way. Cool. So, you know, I just trying to prepare myself because, you know. So I go up there, Claudia picks me up from the airport. And she, uh, as soon as she picks me up, she says, you know, I have to apologize. Something went down and uh, <clears throat> I was supposed to have somebody pick up my daughter from school and that fell through. So. We're gonna have to pick her up on the way to, to uh, to the house. And I said, "All right, no, that's that's totally cool." She was very right, cool. And I said, "You know, I know. I've heard you talk about. You know, I know. I know you've told me about how how she is when it comes to this whole deal. So, just because I'm here and uh, doing this, I don't want you to feel obligated to have to just constantly feed me with Bigfoot talk. You know." Especially when she's around, because I, you know, I know she's uncomfortable with that. So you don't have to, don't worry about it. And Claudia said, you know, usually that is the conversation I have with people. I tell them when daughter's around, I'm, we're gonna have to blah blah. But the thing is, she likes to draw, <clears throat> and she's uh, she's an ed she likes to edit videos and stuff. She's in middle school, and I guess some of the high school kids were like pairing her to edit their videos and. And so she really enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. So she knew I, she found out I was a tattooer and she knew I did video editing. So I think she was a little intrigued, like who, who is this tattooer coming to video guy coming to see my mom? So she said, usually da da da, but she may be all right with it. So I was like, all right, cool. I still wasn't gonna, you know, push it. I was just gonna keep it all about the atmosphere, about, you know, keep it local city, blah, blah, blah. But Claudia was talking about it. She kept bringing it up and all this and talking about, you know, when you do this show or when you do this thing. Because right away I thought, well, this would be a cool little YouTube thing. I could do a YouTube channel and do a little series of, like, you know, visiting people, sitting down with them and drawing out their, their, their creatures. That'd be fun. So Claudia said, you know, for this, you know, she kept mentioning, you know, your idea that you wanted to do for this video stuff and for this thing and da 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 da. And you could see her little daughter's uh eyebrows wrinkling a little confused like huh huh and the whole time she's in her phone i mean she's a 12 10 11 or an 11 year old kid she's just beep, 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 constantly in her little cell phone she peeks up on her cell phone you know looking like a little confused and i said did do you do you know what i'm doing here or do you know why i'm here and she shook her head no and i said well and i explained to her what i wanted to do and she thought it was really cool and she was very enthusiastic about it so we got to uh, we got to the house and we you know we, they were showing me all these different areas. They were showing me all these different things. She was showing me things like uh, tree breaks, which are you know within the Bigfoot community they know that uh, they're what's called tree breaks, which are these trees that are essentially snapped in half. These thick trees that are mature, they're not dead. They're just like snapped, like almost like just bent, and and with no signs of any machines, no signs of any of this kind of stuff, and. There are people who believe that that these creatures, you know, do this kind of stuff for you know, numerous reasons. 
Anyhow, she was showing me all these things, and, and there were some that are just twisted, like twi like trees. Or like you're wringing a towel. It looks like a a tree, a good thick, I you know, sized tree is like like it, somebody rang it, like it's twisted. It's bizarre, and they're fresh, like they were like not dead. And it, yeah, so she was showing me all this different stuff, and it was very interesting. We get to uh, we get to her house that night. <clears throat> That night, um, I can't remember when we went to the trail, if we went to the trail that day or if it was the next day. I think it might have been the next day. Or... Anyways, well, I finally, they took me to the trail where it all happened. And as we were on the trail, I was walking up. Like I said before, not only have I heard her, her account story many times, I had also seen numerous amount of breakdowns. Bigfoot Tony, I believe, did a very good breakdown on, uh, on her video and of the atmosphere of the area there's people that got very good you know coverage of the tree of the area so even before i got to the trail i was already fairly familiar with the atmosphere so being in it was you know was really cool because i was looking around and i was able to ask claudia when you were at this point right here what were you thinking when you were right here what were you thinking and she knew you know she she was like well da, 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 da. and so uh and uh so anyhow that night, I'm sitting down in the living room, me and her, her boyfriend are, are watching uh, TV, just talking, and Claudia comes downstairs, and she's a little frazzled, you know, and she said, she said she wants to talk to you, she said she wants to talk to you, she, and she doesn't like to talk to anybody, she says she wants to talk to you. I was like, who, who? She said, Jenna, Jenna, she says she wants to talk to you. I said, about, about the Bigfoot stuff. I go, about, you know, what she saw. I was like, oh, oh, well, okay, yeah, that, that, that'd be cool. And I thought she meant like sometime soon, sometime in the future, like she's open to it. And Claudia looked upstairs like, come on downstairs, baby. Come on, come on downstairs. Don't be shy. Come on, come on, come on. I was like, oh, we're doing this now. So I was like, oh, oh. And I thought it was kind of like funny, you know, and I kind of looked to my side at her boyfriend to kind of like share like a, like a kind of funny thing. And he's sitting up and hit the look on his face is frazzled because he's like, she doesn't talk about this. Like, holy shit, like we're gonna hear her talk about this. And, uh, and so right away, I was like, oh, okay. Like this is a big deal. And um, her mama, her mama said, had said something about, you know, she said she would be, she would wanna, she wants to talk to you and maybe even be part of, uh, of the show that you're doing, be part of the video stuff and all this. I was like, well, you know, let's, you know, let's see. Like I said, I went there completely unprepared for anything production, anything like that. I just went out there to just to test the waters. So right off the bat, the, the mom right away, when I heard Claudia, when she describes this thing, she says it looks like a Neanderthal man. Didn't look like an ape. It looked very human-like and it was gray. Its face was gray. Its skin, she said that she saw its skin was very like just gray and the eyes there are certain things that seem to stick with people like i've noticed when i've talked to people they oh there's like the center of of like the center point of of their of what they saw for claudia it was the eyes the skin the ears and it's scratching its face like the and then from there it kind of gets a little you know the, the belly she talks about the belly but the eyes and the ears 
the eyes, the ears, and you know, are 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 huge. We're huge with Claudia, and the skin, the skin. She would always resort back to that. There's certain things that would get foggy, but she, you know, uh, so she talked about the being very human-like, very Neanderthal-like. The skin was very gray, and so Jenna comes downstairs and she starts telling me the story of of the encounter. And when she starts telling the story. She goes on and we sit there and we talk for two hours. She's talking, we're talking for two hours and she leads the whole thing off by saying, I don't think I'm gonna remember as much as my mom remembers cause she probably remembers the whole thing and I don't really remember that much. And I was like, it's cool, you know. I said, you know, the, I'm not, just to say, you know, you know, I'm not here because I don't believe you. I'm not here because I'm trying to whatever. It's like, um, you know, I, flew myself out here this is costing me money this is not costing so it's like you know i believe you guys i'm very intrigued i'm on this and this so she starts talking starts explaining the situation man she had way more details than her mom had way more details and one thing that really flipped me out was like okay Let's see how consistent her story is with Claudia's, because I know Claudia's story like a song, as I mentioned before. And suddenly I was just, you know, I just was, you know, shocked because suddenly I'm listening to the exact same song, only played with completely different instruments and in a minor key. Um, Her whole emotional, like the emotional bullet points were completely different. But when Claudia talks about when she gets to a certain point, like she talks about, this is what I was thinking, this is what I was feeling, this is what I blah, blah. Like you understand her whole thought process. To hear the thought process of an 11 year old is game changing. To hear her thought process was was pretty intense. And, uh, and for her, she saw these two things walk right in front of her. And she said that one of which was somewhere around six feet tall, the other one was a little shorter, uh, where there was one right in front of the other, the one behind it, the one in back, which was a smaller one, she said it was looking at the heels of the one in front of it. So walking in a line, the back one was looking down at the heels of the one in front of it that she assumed was like a, a mother or something, like another adult. Um, which the one in front there, the one in front was looking at right at her, at Jenna. And Jenna would say, you know, when this thing looked at me, and every time she would say looked at me, like she would like really look into, like she'd lean into my face and go like when it looked at me, like she was subconsciously doing the gestures that this thing was doing. And when she would walk, she was like subconsciously like walking the way it was walking. And it was that was fascinating. But she'd say, when it looked at me, its eyes were completely black. She said, like like uh, the cosplay kids, like the contacts that the cosplay kids had, she said. And that's how she described it. And she said, uh, but when it, it looked at me, I didn't know if it was looking at me. But it was like looking right at me but i wasn't sure i said what do you what do you mean by that she goes well i go well, how far away it was really close i go well so it was looking at you she goes yeah but i don't know if it was looking at me and i was really confused by that well she said well turns out because 
of the black eyes, there's no eye, there's no white around the eye, it, she couldn't tell, there was no like, you know, indication of direction as far as where it was looking. So she couldn't tell if it was looking at her or if it was looking past her or like to the side of her, but its face, everything was just zeroed in right on her, but there was these giant black eyes and she couldn't tell what direction though they were looking. I thought that was fascinating. So, so we're talking about that. We're talking about, you know, her whole thing. Like when the mom walks up, by the time the mom walks up and, you know, she saw those two go down there. So in her head, she's thinking there's more of them down there. And my mom doesn't know this. And she's here talking to this thing, telling them that we come in peace. And these other ones are going to come up the hill and they're going to get us. That we're going to be ambushed. She was terrified. And uh, <clears throat> so she goes through her whole encounter. And I was just baffled by, by it. I was just completely floored by the amount of details that she had. And right, and uh, her mom had said that she may want to participate doing, you know, an on-camera thing with the drawing and all that. But we had just talked for two hours and we had just got, you could tell we had just gotten started because at this point she's comfortable and she's warmed up and now all these memories are triggering more memories and now she wants to talk about this she wants to get this out and so i was like man i know uh i don't have any cameras right now i know this and all that stuff but if i don't do this now i'm gonna lose this moment and if i lose this moment i'm gonna kick myself so i just turned to her i said do you want to try to draw this thing and she just said yeah i said Psh, let's do it so got you know i uh i got stuff out we sat there for another two and a half hours and it was a very elaborate process very similar to a forensic a forensic sketch uh the way a forensic sketch artist would would work using a whole bunch of different types of uh references uh noses different types of eyes different types of mouths different types of you know chins full faces but what i did was i collected hundreds of pictures of different types of uh great apes orangutans, uh, billy apes, chimps, gorillas, orangutans, and then hundreds of different types of older uh, photos of indigenous people, uh, be it Native American, uh, Inuit, um, uh, uh, Aborigine, a lot of, you know, uh, people from Tasmania, uh, a lot of different uh, indigenous people, indigenous tribes. Uh, male, female, different things of that sort. So far, I've only been dealing with faces. I haven't done much body work with people yet. <clears throat> um, so anyhow, very elaborate process. And I always tell her, I always tell people, I'm a tattoo artist. I'm used to putting stuff on people's bodies for the rest of their lives. And I'm used to clients that are directing me accordingly. So, so you could only imagine how hard I get hammered as far as do it again, do it again, do it again. I'll draw something hundreds and hundreds of times over. Do not be gentle with me. Put me through the ringer. Do not let me stop until you see what, you know, you saw. We take a bunch of breaks, you know, and all this stuff. Like, cool. She's like, all right. She starts shaking her head. She pulls out her phone like she's a freaking quick draw. She's like, all right, all right. Like she wants to find her own references. And uh, a lot of people do. A lot of people kind of go with their phones and start finding their own references. And a lot of those photos get added to the reference library. So we sat there 
and uh, sat there for two and a half hours and we were drawing and when she started discussing or describing this thing right away she started saying this thing did not look like a person at all this thing looked like a giant ape there was nothing human about it at all I was like really she's like you know no it was an ape it was a straight up ape it's like well that's interesting you know I was like okay well you know there's you know there's an inconsistency you know and so so, you know, she also, what else did she say? Uh, the, the face. She said, okay, so what about, you know, we talked about the face, got to the whole face, the, the texture. Again, one of the things that Claudia is very adamant about is this texture of skin, the eyes, the ears. Well, the daughter was, uh, had said, told me that there was peach fuzz all over its face. Like the face was actually covered with like this peach fuzz. And, uh, and Claudia had even talked to me about a hairline, you know, that had, that had this hairline. The daughter said, no, that there was peach fuzz that naturally blended into the hairline, that blended into the longer hair. Now, I should mention that at, at this point, I hadn't sat down and drawn anything with Claudia yet. Um, this just happened pretty spontaneously, and we just started drawing. And as soon as we started drawing, it was me, it was her uh, boyfriend who was there, who was just intrigued by the whole thing because, again, he had never heard her talk this in-depth about it. And so he was there where we were drawing. And Claudia right away went outside. She was, you know, on the phone. She was doing her thing and all that stuff, and she pretty much missed out on, you know, on, on all that. And I didn't know why, but she didn't, she hadn't heard a lot of these details herself and she knew that the next morning me and her were going to sit down and draw this creature and she didn't want there to be any any kind of debate whether or not her daughter's testimony influenced hers you know so i really respected that and claudia i mean a lot of people who are who swim around this whole community are really keen to that kind of stuff because man you think people who don't believe in bigfoot you think that they'll grill you people who truly believe in bigfoot people who've had experiences themselves like they will put you through the ringer they will put you through the ringer hardcore so she's programmed to just figure out what it what it what are they gonna what will be used against me what will be blah 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 and she very wisely just like peaced out and you know let us do this thing and so uh drew all this up she talked oh so the, the daughter started to talk about the peach fuzz so at this point claudia had mentioned before you know the the hairline of her talking about that on podcasts i've heard her talk about that to me in person uh so i'm drawing with her daughter daughter saying head face full of peach fuzz that naturally blends into the hair and when she talks about the hair on the top of the head she even said there was peach fuzz on the ears she said there was peach fuzz even on its ears there was peach fuzz and the hair on its head just went up. I go, okay, so up. She goes, yeah, just up, up, yeah, up, just up, up, up. Just like, okay, so how up? She's like, up, like like a treasure troll. It was like up like a treasure troll. I go, okay, so was its head kind of pointy? She goes, no, I don't think its head was pointy. It just, its hair was just up. She said it looked as if it kind of would, it look, she didn't see it do this. But she said it, its hair on its head looked almost as if it did it itself. Like it was pushing it up itself, like a weird grooming thing. Like it would push, it was pushed up. 
And so much so I'm drawing it and she's looking at me. She goes, yeah, but no, up. And she's gesturing like she wants to grab my pencil. And I just give it to her. I go, here, show me. And she goes, up. like, And she starts going like really up. I'm like, oh, okay. And she said, even behind the ears, like I could see hair from behind its ears going up. And I said, well, that's interesting. She said, like, like a treasure troll is up, like a point, like a treasure troll. And that was a very distinct thing she was talking about was this thing. She goes, yeah, in the truth, like, up. Oh. I was like, all right, cool. And so uh, she was doing up, up, up. Now, if we flash, she started talking about uh, the nose. She grilled me on the nose. Holy cow, she grilled me on that nose. But afterwards, she's like, you nailed that nose. I was like, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, in the brow ridge, there's a very distinct wrinkle or something, some kind of a crease wrinkle thing that it had on its brow ridge. And she was trying so hard she, to, to, you know, to explain this to me. We went through so much reference. We looked for all this stuff. And I just, I, after the end of it, she was, you know, it was good. You know, she's like, ah, oh, she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But you could tell it wasn't, I didn't feel like it got nailed. I could just tell that she settled on that. So flash forward to when I was drawing with her mother. And her mother's talking about this wrinkle in the brow ridge. And the mom starts describing it. Suddenly, between the mother's description and Jenna's description, suddenly with those two put combined, I know exactly what they're talking about. And I was like, holy hell, I know exactly what it is now, you know? But if I heard one without the other, even if I heard Claudia's without Jenna's, I wouldn't have known what it was. And Claudia was describing it in a different way and was giving the look. Now here's the tricky part. Here's the kicker. The kicker is I can't use any of Jenna's, I, I shouldn't say can't, but I won't use any of Jenna's information to go into Claudia's drawing. Because the way that I work is um, being an artist is obviously a very creative profession, but with this specific thing, the element of creativity has to take a back seat. Because once you start adding your own creative input, then it's this whole thing in general is theoretical these drawings all this stuff is theoretical so it's very important for me that i keep my imagination out as much as i can and keep it incredibly structured uh, and keep it what this person said they saw and it wouldn't be fair if i incorporated any of jenna's testimony with hers you know so i just kept it as is so, um, and if you see the drawings that I do of Bigfoot when I just sit down and scribble and sketch often look way different than the drawings that end up happening with the people because, you know, again, one's coming from my imagination, imagining what these things could look like. The other is coming from a very, uh, a, a very um, detailed process, a very elaborate process. So, uh, and more clinical, you know, uh, so yeah, so there was a lot of those type of instances. Now, when the mother was describing the hair the next day, Claudia, again, the skin was gray. I could see the skin. It was gray. Ears were big, like Dumbo, like big, like gray ears. Eyes were big, you know, talked about this, the way the hairline was. 
And so right away, you know, when you, you see, like, one says it looked like an ape, the other said it looked like a human, one says his face was covered in peach fuzz, the other says it was gray and uh, with a hairline, the other says, and these are very specific, you know, things that are completely off from each other. And the mother started describing the hair and then she said the hair was just like, just messy. I said, okay. I said, how would you describe it? I would, you know, she said, just like out everywhere. Just, you know, okay. Like, and again, I, the daughter spent so much time talking about the hair that I didn't want to breeze by it, but I don't want to lead anything. I don't want to lead her into like, you know, making anybody feel like, oh, he wants me to talk more about the hair. What's going on? So-and-so must have talked about the hair. So I was trying to keep everything vague, keep as much attention to detail. It was one thing as I do the other, to, you know, not, you know. Um, and so uh, she said it was just out everywhere. Just the sides were out and it was just like, just messy and out. I said, okay, so just not, I think the, and I felt, I remember thinking, man, man, maybe I shouldn't even have said this because this is probably the most I led and I didn't mean to. I said, so not, not any particular direction. Like the hair wasn't going any particular direction. It was just like messy, you know, and the rest of it, as I said, I was like, I should have said that. That was a little too much. Like that may have been a little bit of a hint. And she was like, no, it was just like messy. Like, you know, like it, on the sides were just out and up, you know, but the daughter was so specific up, up. Like if you were to describe Marge Simpson's hair, you would generally get the same kind of descriptions, you know? But I mean, this was very off from her descriptions. Like, well, that's pretty inconsistent. Okay, well, that's a shame. We're in the woods, we're in nature. We've got a front row guide, the whole spiel I gave myself, all is good, you know? Blah, blah. And so, uh, you know, flashback again. I'm doing this Quentin Tarantino style, flashing forward, flashing back. Flashing back to what I'm drawing with the daughter. And we're going and we're talking and we're saying, you know, she's talking about this whole deal. And we, we all agreed, you know, we're going to draw this the creature in the tree because that's the creature that the two of you guys saw. And so she's talking and Jenna, the kid, she's saying something. And she said, yeah, because when it looked at me, and she starts doing the thing that she did when she would talk about, you know, the thing in front of her looking at her. And I said, oh, whoa, hold on, hold on. Are you talking about the one in the tree? Or are you talking about the one in front of you? She goes, oh, well, the one in front of me. She goes, the one in the tree pretty much looked like the one in front of me, only it was bigger and its hair was just up. The way that she said, like its hair was up. The one in front of her, its hair was not up like that. She said the one in the tree, its hair was up, but it pretty much looked like the one in front of her. I was like, all right. So as we were going, I, you know, she would describe something. She'd get very detailed. I go, hold on. Are you talking about the one on the tree or the one in front of me? She goes, oh, well, that, that wasn't the one in front of me. I go, but did you see that on the one on the tree? She goes, no, I just saw the one in the one in front of me. I go, okay. I said, the peach fuzz, was that? She goes, that was the one in front of me. I go, not the one on the tree? She goes, no, but it looked pretty much like that. I go, but did you see peach fuzz on the one in the tree? She goes, no, I mean that. I remember seeing that in the one in front of me. I go, huh? Okay. I go, but the hair, the hair pointed up. The one in the tree only it was the only one that had this hair pointed up. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Flash forward, we're dumb drawing with her mother. And the mother, at a certain point, the way the process works out is they're not even looking at what I'm drawing until a good halfway in. They're just looking at 
you know, facial parts, different face parts, this, you know, it's a mixture between this picture here and this picture here with a little bit of this and kind of like this, the nose was kind of this, but with more so of this with this kind of texture and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting behind them and I'm just drawing and I'm doing, I'm putting it all together. And then I turn it around and have them look at it and get that first impression like, whoa, and said, instinctually, what were your first instinctual things? Like this needs to be fixed. And they go, the eyes are more blah, this is more blah, and they start shaping it, right? So I start showing Claudia, and as soon as she's looking at this thing, and as soon as she's shaping it, she's like, well, the hair was a little bit fuller on top. And I said, okay. So I started drawing a little fuller on top, just fuller. She goes, yeah. And she said, and then on the side of like the forehead, like above its eyebrows is where the hair started and it kind of went up and she made this kind of like little s shape with her fingers like it was just going up right there and she goes and in the side it was like pushed in she was like she goes you know you know when you have like a hat head like when you're wearing a hat like it's like pushed i go yeah she was it almost looked like it was like it was wearing a hat like it was unnatural like its head like it was pushed in she was pushed in and up kind of and then she stopped she goes Don King. It was kind of like Don King. And I don't think you probably don't do know who Don King is. Okay. So Don King is a very old, you know, uh, is this old school boxing trainer. He bought, you know, he, he, he was around since Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali's days and he, he trained, famously trained Mike Tyson and his hair looks pretty much like a treasure troll. You know, if you were to look at a treasure troll and say to somebody of a certain generation, Whose hair does this treasure troll look like? They could very well say Don King. And if you it, if you ask somebody who does Don King hair look like, they would very much say a treasure troll. So suddenly I'm getting essentially the same type of answer, but with just a generational difference. So as, uh, as all this is going on, at a certain point with the daughter, I realized I'm like, I'm kind of forcing something here. I realized that the creature of Claudia's encounter, the one that is ingrained in her psyche, is this creature that was in the tree. Like when she dreams about this thing at night, has you know, when she thinks about this whole inc you know incident uh, uh, encounter, I should say, she imagines this thing in the tree. The daughter, the creature of the daughter's encounter, was the one that was right in front of it and dared into her soul you know and that's the one that she has nightmares about like this thing looking at her and you can imagine a 12 year old kid and i talked about when you know how claudia described when you see cat your mind says cat when you see this your mind says this when you see bear your mind's gonna say bear this poor kid's head was painted into a corner that i i just couldn't imagine what that would be like i mean she wet herself she was terrified and so right away I said, you know what? Let's draw the one you saw. Forget about the one in the tree. Let's draw the one you saw on uh, on the that walked right in front of you. And she's like, so we ended up doing a drawing of of that one. And so I did a drawing both of those. So, it, but to top it all off, that very next morning after we had I drew, drew Claudia's picture. We're going through the reference photos again of all these different recreations of Neanderthal men. And the daughter is, uh, is you know, in the background on her phone, beep, 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 just buried in her little phone. 
And me and Claudia are talking, and Claudia points to a picture, and she said, see, it's like this guy right here. And it was a digital recreation of a, a Neanderthal man. She was very Neanderthal. It was not like a name. It was very Neanderthal. It didn't look like this guy at all, but kind of like him in the sense of like, and then the daughter butts in and goes, you think that's a, you think that's a man? You think that's a Neanderthal man? And Claudia goes, yeah, it is. She goes, no, it's not. She goes, she goes, Jenna, it's a Neanderthal. And she goes, no, that's not. That's an ape, mom. That's an ape. She goes, Jenna, these are recreations of Neanderthal men. She goes, look, and she clicks to another one, another Neanderthal man, very neanderthal you know, very Neanderthal-looking. Um, he was Ned the Neanderthal right there. And she looks at him and she goes, that's an ape. And the mom's like, it's not. She goes, whatever, mom. That looks like an ape to me. And she goes right back into her phone. Her mom just kind of shrugs like, oh, well. And they didn't even see themselves that suddenly this giant inconsistency became consistent. There were so many inconsistencies within their story that as soon as like, again, you gave it more than the breathing room, you gave them the ability to kind of sculpt what they inevitably came to was the same as far as what they saw. All the inconsistencies suddenly became incredibly consistent. Um, and at that point, it was just, you know, it was very exciting for me. And it wasn't until I got home and I, I took in a picture of Claudia standing next to the tree that the creature was in. And I got home and I lined up the tree on my iPad. I lined up the tree uh, overlaid it with a still from the video that her daughter got of the tree of the V and it's not exact and the, there's so many different things that could come into play as to how there could be so many inaccuracies to this and I know this and uh, but I, I laid it over and it's not exact but you could kind of give an idea of the size of a size reference so I did that I laid it over I traced the head and what you're able to see in, in the video still on the photograph of you know Claudia standing next to the tree. And when I took out the video still and just looked at this photograph of Claudia standing next to this tree that I took with the little you know uh, area that was circled that was where the, the head of this thing was in the tree. I must have done that thing five, six, seven times because I thought to myself, there's no way I'm doing this right because that thing is massive. She would have come up a little, maybe a little above its waist. Like this thing, and Claudia is is, is like I think five five one, five two. She's a you know, it's just a shorter person. But this she, this thing is massive. I got a photograph of a buddy of mine who's like six foot that was standing next to this tree dwarfs him. I couldn't believe it. It's like, there's no way this is a bear. At one point in time, we were walking and Claudia had asked me, she had said, sometimes people think these things travel through portals. Do you, what do you think? Do you think these things travel through portals? And I said, you know, Claudia, I said, uh, this whole thing in general is just so far beyond my level of comprehension. I don't know. The fact that there could be something like this in and of itself is just baffling to me, you know? Um, so as far as that, like there's an element of all this where I feel like a cat trying to understand the internet. Yeah, and that kind of stuff, it's just hard for me to grasp. It's hard, I don't know what to do with it. Um, and she said, you know, sometimes, sometimes I do. And I was like, yeah, well, you know. Uh, and I just kind of stayed, just 
stated it. But at one point in time, we were walking and I, I, I asked Claudia, I said, Claudia, I don't know if it was the next day, I said, do you really think that these things travel through portals? And she sighed and she, in this little moment, you can tell how self-aware she was and how self-aware, how, how wild that sounds. Things traveling through portals in the woods. Like she sighed and kind of looked at me and it was so self-aware, like I know how nutty this sounds. And she said, Michael, it's just that they are so big. Where do they go? Why aren't people seeing them? She said, Michael, me and her boyfriend, she goes, we've set out trail cameras all over the place there. Not one. Nobody's getting pictures. Why are all these pictures grainy? Why aren't this people? And suddenly she's talking to me like a skeptic. She's talking to me. She has all the same questions everybody who doesn't believe in this stuff has. Her mind has just been painted into a corner to where it's like, I have to find explanations no you know some you know and she that very well could be the case i don't know i'm a cat trying to understand how this little mouse cruiser is not behind the computer screen you know it, it, and so with her it, that was very eye-opening for me too it's like these a lot of people's minds are painted into these corners and they don't know they don't know but they they're also just not being listened to they're not you know and something's going on, you know, and I, I left that, that whole experience really changed, especially with speaking with the kid uh, before I was at Tattoo Arts and before I worked in production. I worked for years and years in uh, social work. I was a social worker. I worked with at-risk youth. I've worked with at-risk youth since, since I was an at-risk youth. I was a peer counselor when I was 15 years old and I didn't work all the way up until I was like in my 30s. So uh, I, I worked at a halfway house uh, transitional living program for teenagers and for kids even a little younger than that. I have been BS'd by the greatest BSers who have ever BS'd in the West, man. I mean, kids who don't want to take meds, kids who have been pulled away from their parents who want nothing more than to see their parents, kids who have been programmed to lie because their real lives are so horrendous that that's what they have. I dealt with kids my whole, a good chunk more. A majority of my life, I have worked with kids. Again, I need to stress, that does not mean I am above being BS'd. That does not mean I am above being conned. That does not mean anything. With all that being said, I believe wholeheartedly that these two saw, these three people saw exactly what they say they saw. I believe that this kid was telling the truth. I believe this kid is suffering from trauma. This is, there's nothing glorifying in this thing for her. There's nothing in it for this kid. Her mom is the person who is the Bigfoot woman doing the other stuff in like everybody in town. It's like the daughter doesn't want this. The daughter does, you know, she thinks it's an abomination. She's terrified. When we were driving home, when we were driving to Claudia's house from the airport, we would hit stop signs and the daughter, and we, you know, the mom would sit there and would just, linger off in conversation because the two of us could talk forever i'm a talker as you should tell and claudia is a talker he put the two of us together my god it's it's pandemonium um so the two of us are talking at a stop sign and uh and we're, we're just lingering there for a while and then the daughter again in her phone beep 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 beep, beep. she just starts going mom 
mom, her eyes just peek up. She goes, mom, 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 mom. And then, she, oh, yeah, yeah, And we keep going. Next stop sign, we're talking, talking, talking. We're like, mom, mom, mom. This kid can't, this is broad daylight. She can't be at a complete stop for too long at stop signs because she'll start to get anxiety. She'll have panic attacks because she's a sitting, she's just sitting in shark infested waters. When she gets home, if she has to throw the trash out, somebody has to go outside with her and watch her. This is in broad daylight. If it's night, she's not going outside. It's not gonna happen. She doesn't stay by herself. Like, she's, you know, she is experiencing a lot of residual trauma from this, as are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are experiencing a lot of trauma from this whole deal, not just because, and I'm not saying that in a sense of like, you know, it was an aggressive encounter because I don't think Claudia would say that this encounter was an aggressive encounter. Um, but there are people who have kind of encounters who would say, but even if it's not, even seeing it, there are, I just talked to somebody who, who uh, was, in a, uh, was in a kayak or canoe or something in a river and going down like stream and they thought they saw a bear drinking out of the water and then stood up and she talked about exactly what we talked about, how your mind is painted into this corner. Like you just don't, you know, know what to think. You're just, you almost feel like you want to fade, like you're dizzy. There's a human's face on an animal's body. What is what? What am I looking at right now? And so uh, that combined with nobody will believe you there's a lot of times where people will stop and question, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Did I see that? And they're like, no, I did see. I mean, I know I'm not crazy. I know what I saw. It's just people feel alone. They feel alone and they feel like they're made to, they're just kind of left out in the dry. You know, I feel horrible about that. And that's one of the great things about what you're doing here with the, your podcast and what a lot of people are doing with the podcast, giving people the opportunity to, to, talk about these stories long form but since claudia you know i've met up with some people a couple of people are one one of which here in tucson you know i i that but people who've had encounters um and uh sat down and have done this type of deal and now i'm you know this year i'm working towards uh just that me and my wife are putting together uh, a, a a youtube channel right now uh, the show that we're doing on YouTube, not through through YouTube, it's just a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel, uh, the project that we're doing, is called What I Saw, The Drawings of Bigfoot. Um, the, uh, it's kind of a, what I mentioned before, an in search of, mis- uh, in search of uh, uh, what was that? Uh, unsolved Mysteries, like an in search of an unsolved mysteries meets... Uh, the Joy of Painting, which is, I'm sure you know who Bob Ross is, the Afro painter, though, let's get to this, these mountains, some pretty little trees, get these some friends, pretty little trees guy. It's kind of a cross between those two things. It's a very unique way, uh, uh, we stumbled across a pretty unique way of helping people tell their stories. I'm very excited about it. And I wasn't comfortable putting uh, uh, Claudia's daughter on camera i don't feel comfortable putting minors on camera period you know um so uh we came up with a way to help her tell her story and by doing so we came up with a really cool way to help people tell their story who may not want to be on camera 
Claudia was fine being on camera. I ended up going back, making another trip out, and I just videoed, I just shot the whole thing myself and just did it my my own way, just kept it a small little thing. And, uh, and But I know there are people out there who just don't want to be on camera, but may want to have their story told in this way to be able to show to people and say, this is what happened to me. Uh, because what we were able to do is we were able to tell Claudia's story. We were able to, you know, um, using the actual locations, using her own words, using everything without doing any kind of corny acting reenactments. We're not doing anything where we're trying to prove anything. We're not trying to prove this thing to anybody. This is, uh, we're putting together, uh, something that is for, uh, if you're into this kind of stuff, you're really going to be into this because you're going to get an even in-depth look into some accounts that you're very familiar with. And that's exciting. That's exciting for me. Uh, like I said, I was going to do this anyways. And uh, even if there are people who are like, I don't want to be part of this show at all, but I would love for you to come out and blah, blah, blah. I would still like, like do it, you know. Um, so... Uh, I was going to do all this stuff anyways, you know, and, and so now we're, you're putting this whole thing together, uh, and, it, and, uh, by doing all this with Claudia, we've stumbled upon, oh, oh, what I was trying to say is we're not trying to prove, that's what I was trying to say, sorry, I'm all over the place here, um, thank God you're not a talker and I am, otherwise it might be all over the place, so, um, I lost my train of thought again, what was I just saying about the, uh, 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 blaming this on you <laughs> um the the holy cow claudia the the, 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 the. anyways it's gonna hit me again and i'll get back to it so with uh after claudia you know i i i, I uh we're not trying to prove anything that's where i was trying to get at we're trying to create something that's not just for people who are of the Bigfoot community and who are into these kind of shows, uh, uh, I feel like we've stumbled upon something that might be very inviting for people who would never be caught dead watching or listening to this kind of stuff. Never be caught dead having a conversation about this kind of deal. I uh, had a clip that I put together and I showed Claudia's daughter and she was very excited. She told her mom, she's like, mom my friends like my my friends and parents like they would watch this so-and-so's mom like she would actually watch this like i would show this and you know so i'm very excited about that we've and we're not trying to prove anything it's not a thing where at the end of it all it's like only you can decide only we're not passing off anything the whole our whole approach to this whole thing is th this is a story from a person that i tend to believe and I think it's fascinating and I want to see this. This is somebody who me personally, I'm interested in this. I want to see more details, ask more questions. And at the end of every episode, we're going to have a drawing to be able to see what the creature looked like. Uh, I'm sure uh, as of right now, you know, I'm going to be doing uh, the drawings, but I've been talking with some artists. Uh, as I've been swimming around this whole thing, I've, uh, this whole community and, and this project, I've stumbled upon some other artists who are doing this kind of work, who have been doing this kind of work for a lot of years. Uh, eyewitness drawing sketches, meeting up with people. 
and people who have great integrity. And uh, I've always made the deal with people that if they don't want their drawings to be public, I will not make them public and I won't post their drawings until they do first. And, um, and uh, the people I've talked to, a lot of these artists, are, you know, work the same way. They're very much like, you know, uh, uh, that they don't publish their stuff, period. If you're with them, they'll show them to you, but they won't post, they won't do this because there's, they handle this stuff with a great deal of respect. And again, maybe, again, because of the social background, the social work background, I understand why a lot of, there's a lot of artists and they're very, uh, you know, they are very, they approach this whole stuff very sensitively and you can see why because, uh, yeah, these people are, they, they, they could really use the, you know, the hope sometimes for a lack of a better term. So yeah, so that's, that's a very condensed <laughs> version of my journey right now. And uh, this year we're, you know, we're about to do that. You know, you, it, we're on YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel. You just look me up, uh, Michael Montoya. I'm on Instagram as Michael Montoya as well too. Um, and uh, I'm gonna be putting up some, uh, some videos on the YouTube channel here. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll be posting more information about about the project, the Drawings of Bigfoot project that I'm doing. And uh, if anybody's had any encounter stories that, you know, are, are on par with what I said with Claudia that would love to talk about something, about having their creatures drawn up, then, you know, you can always get at me at uh, michaelmontoyatattoos at gmail.com if you want to email me otherwise you can find me on facebook you can message me on instagram michael montoya and uh yeah <laughs> do you have any questions um. questions so you said Claudia was the first person that you started doing the drawings for mm -hmm. um, have you done others since that I've done a handful uh, none of which that I she's the only person I've actually uh, recorded and videoed Okay. and you feel like for the most part you are reaching the goal of like having that healing effect on them and you feel like it's helping them um, I don't know you know that's it, it, you know Claudia well, Claudia said that it was very helpful for her because she says with time, more time that passes, when she's sitting down and she's really going through this process of the eyes of this and it's helping her remember all these details. And she said, you know, if this would have been a few years from now, some of those little details could have been lost. And um, so she was very grateful. And uh, yeah, a lot of times people want something to look at. They want something to be able to show to somebody. Um, a lot of times having, like there are so many people that reach out to Claudia every day. This woman must get 40 emails a day. She must constantly be getting calls because I think people just are grateful that you're 
listening to them, taking them seriously, and and uh, and giving them the dignity that I think that that they deserve. You know, so I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it, it helps. I would mean, it would be horrible if it didn't. If it had like a completely different effect. And is there a way for people to check out the drawing you did for Claudia? Um, I'm gonna post that soon. You know, if you. Uh, if, if you go to, um, I'm going to have a video soon. Well, here's the thing. Claude, the, yes, the answer is yes, there's going to be a way and it will be soon. But uh, Claudia herself hasn't posted the, mm -hmm. the picture yet. Um, and so I like to give people the dignity of, you know, having control uh, over, over their experience, you know. But... Um, I can show you the pictures if you want to describe it to people what you saw. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Um, so you said you were talking about, just for reference, when you were interviewing her daughter, how mm -hmm. old was she at the time? About? 11. Yeah, I believe she so was 11. still within the year? Oh, no, no, wait. So she was, uh, I think, 12 at the time. So it was a year, a year. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then... So I was really fortunate to have caught yeah. her... So, yeah, at that time. And then I had a few questions just related more to Claudia after I went through her story. Um, I mean, you were in the area where that happened, the trail. Yeah. And I was listening to one of her interviews and she was talking about all the precautions she took before like the spray and like mm -hmm. telling her daughter like I think she gave her older daughter like the key to the car just yeah. in case after being in that area do you think that was like reasonable to be that on edge um yes and well to understand that you have to know Claudia she is the person who will run out into traffic she's a person who wants to prepare for everything mm -hmm. she is I've had the conversation with Claudia before where I've said to her, like, you know, uh, your the, your greatest asset, the thing that works best for you and works against you is you are the kind of person who would sue the state of California for something like this. Like, she is. She's somebody who's like, I'll do it. I don't care. This is what I saw, you know. So a little bit of a background there. This was her daughter's. Uh, Claudia was was uh, recently had was divorced. She when she got divorced, she decided she wanted to be closer to the woods. She moved out to the woods, and she was out there not for that long at all. And it was her daughter's first time out in the woods. There, they were all city people. Her daughters were all very city people, and I think it was like she was new to the area. She was not. So I think just in general, I think now she's not as precautious. But at that time, I think that she was just probably being a little over precautious because it was, you know, her first month living out in the mountains and it was her daughter's first time ever hiking. And this is this trail isn't like there there are people, but it's more so locals from a very specific area. It's a very small trail like she she stumbled upon it. She was finding something and her GPS was taking her some weird way. And uh and uh, and yeah, and it, she just stumbled upon this little, 
you know, a little trail. And she doesn't like showing people where the trail is as well either, you know, because she, again, she doesn't, you know, yeah, yeah, but it's just this little kind of thing. So I, yeah, being a dad myself, like I have a four-year-old kid. You wouldn't believe the precautions I take if we're going to the mall, going to the swap meet, running around, let alone the woods and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, I understand it. Yeah, she and she probably was being a little bit overly precautious with the bear spray, with all this and all that stuff. But, you know, yeah. She ran into something much bigger than a bear, so maybe she wasn't. Maybe, you know, maybe her her feelings were tuned. I mean, when you went out there, did you get, like, a weird feeling? Because I know you said um, there was someone who said he would go down the trail with a gun, and he just felt like he needed to do that. Did you get a weird feeling being there? Uh, uh, uh yes. Yes and no. I didn't get weird feelings as if, like, something's watching me. Mm-hmm. My weird feeling is more so this is where this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where and it's this scene of event. You know, it's a scene where this event took place that I was very familiar with. So in that respect, it was, like, wild to think about looking up at this tree. There's a branch broken in front of the tree. That's It's huge. That's laying across the ground. And they said that that day it was freshly broken, like it just happened. And so when you look and where the tracks, where they found the tracks, you can see how everything lines up to where it jumped up on this branch to climb up on this tree and broke this branch on the way up. And that thing is still laying there to this day, you know, and you could see this, they have castings of tracks, they have pictures of these tracks. They have pictures of tracks on that trail really clear view oh she has this beautiful picture of this track on the dirt like a goat run across that trail when they were out there at night and um but no you know when i was out there the, the things that really stood out to me were how vast it was out there you go out there you look out and you see how far out the forest goes you're like wow the mountains it's a lot of mountain range out here and uh and also where it was, the area it was perched up, it was perfectly strategically placed at a curve of the uh, trail that they were on for this thing to, whatever was on the tree, to have this perfect lookout on both directions of the trail, presumably while these other two were running around over there. And who knows, maybe this, the bigger one, I'm completely, this is where I'm using my imagination here. You know, but I mean, the where it was per, where it was positioned, and where the two came running out and ran down behind. I mean, it very well could have alerted the two that there were people coming, and then the two ran, or you know, who knows? And it was like this lookout, or ran up there. Who knows? But no, no eerie feelings in in sense of that. But at the same time, when you listen to all these stories and you're in this into this as much as I do, every time I get in the woods, I'm always looking around like, where are you? <laughs> um, so she mentioned in her struggle like with the government and reporting it to Fish and Game um, she mentioned a sort of like black police or black government like men in black kind of thing uh-huh. like, what's your opinion on that do you think people in the government are trying to cover it up and that's why her stories well, well here's the thing is that um, she's not the only person that has talked 
about that. There are a lot of people who have talked about, I hit this thing with the car, and they talk about these. They always talk about a pair of people that come. It's not always, actually that's not that's not true. There's some a lot a lot of times you hear about people coming up in two. There was these two people that came up. There was one that just looked just business casual, and the other that looked like a biker, looked like this this giant gang member, and he there were just was not nice, and they were just very persistent that you saw a bear, you saw a bear, and it'd be within your best interest that you saw a bear, um, and that's something you hear quite a bit. You've heard people talk about even the Department of Fish and Game saying you know these kind of deals. So yeah, it's something that you hear quite a bit. And again, I mean, it sounds, this whole thing is out there. This whole thing is out there. But Claudia had this whole exchange with this Department of Fishing Game person and she had it recorded. And after that, she had people trailing her with government vehicles, with government plates showing up in front of her house coming to her house, knocking on her door, looking in her windows, trailing her uh, around town, trying to intimidate her. And again, it's like, well, how do you know? How would you know that? Like, of course she's saying that because Claudia is also the kind of person who will put surveillance cameras all over her house. She stops and she videotapes these people who are following her. Like she refuses to be intimidated. Like she's like, they're, if she's not afraid to follow through with suing the state of California over some Bigfoot stuff, she's not gonna back down from these people. Like if they, I'm not saying this as far as like, you know, trying to be puff chess out. I genuinely believe like she'll, She'll, she's not afraid to go down for this stuff. So she has pictures. She'll show you pictures of these government vehicles. She has video footage. Look at the cover. These are, you see the, these people coming to her house, looking up, looking at and, and these things. You see the government plates on, on the vehicles. You see all these things. She has stuff to back up. All, a lot of the, the arguments that she's making complete with a sheriff who says that he's willing to testify in a court of law on her behalf so long as he's subpoenaed because he can't because you know whatever but it's it's all the whole thing sounds bizarre and crazy and loony and like it's just absolutely made up and out of a movie but when you look at the weight leaning on on its behalf it's like well well why you know why is this sheriff testifying well why you know why is why did this fishing game person do this why are these government people showing up to to their house well why is all this going on you know and um so yeah i don't know i i don't have i mean i don't have any proof of anything i don't have any i don't have nothing you know but yeah, it, it seems there seems to be something going on in that department. Well, thank you so much for answering my questions and for just sitting down and taking the time to go through um, your experience with Claudia and just telling us more about what you're doing. I think it's definitely going to be something that pays off for people and it's very helpful and very fascinating what you're doing here. So just thank you so much for talking with us today. 
Thank you guys so much for listening today. Make sure you use the promo code PODCAST when ordering anything from our website, sasquatchthelegend.com. If anyone has a story they would like to write in or if they would like to contact our team regarding a phone interview or just to talk with a fellow believer about their experience, feel free to write in to info, I-N-F-O, at source1.org, S-O-U-R-C-E-O-N-E dot org. Once again, that's info at source1.org. You can also shoot us a message on our Facebook page, Sasquatch the Legend, or submit your written story to us through the podcast tab on our website. For more information on our guest, Michael Montoya, and his work, you can look up his Facebook page, Michael Montoya, or email him, as he referred to earlier in the episode. Hope you guys have a great day, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.